Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Media Podcast Network. All right, everybody, it is Friday, April 14th, 2023, and it is indeed a heck of a morning. We are live on the MMA Fighting Twitter spaces. You can hear the show in its entirety shortly thereafter on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network. Hello, I am Mike Heck. Hope everyone's having a wonderful Friday. Hope the weather is nice where you are at. And hope everyone is in a just in a wonderful mood. It's a positive day. UFC Kansas City going down tomorrow. Weigh-ins are happening as we speak. I believe our Max Holloway has already made weight, so that's good for his main event matchup with Arnold Allen. Arnold Allen also made weight, so the main event is already official, and we're three minutes into weigh-ins. So that's always a, a very good sign, and everything else is cherry on top of the Sunday. So that is happening. We got some bad news yesterday, unfortunately. We found out that, well, we got a couple of pieces of bad news, if we're being honest. We found out that Jonathan Pierce is out of his UFC 288 matchup with Bryce Mitchell. Bryce Mitchell needs a new opponent. The plan is to keep him on the card. Yeah, that was a tough one. Tough, tough break for JSP. I kind of know what the injury is, but I, I was told off the record, so I can't share it. But, um... Yeah, wish JSP a speedy recovery. We'll see what happens with Bryce Mitchell. The great manager of the stars, Danny Rubenstein, tweeted out yesterday that Mavzar Vloyev has put his name into the hat to replace Mr. JSP and sign me the freak up for that fight. That'd be a good one. The other piece of bad news is that April 29th, the UFC Vegas card that is going to cap off the month of April, the card that... Needed a lot of help to begin with. It was sort of a one-fight card already. Lost the best fight by a mile. Hanata Moicano out of the UFC Vegas 72 main event with Armand Sarukian. Does not look like Sarukian is going to get a replacement for that fight. Unless something incredibly strange happens. It just doesn't look like Sarukian is going to get his opportunity to compete in another headliner. We'll see what happens from there. And that's kind of the the bad news that happened since we last spoke. But today is a free-for-all Friday, so we could talk about whatever the hell you want. We could talk about UFC Kansas City. We could talk about some of the news and notes going on in, our, in this wonderful sport of ours. 
We can talk about whatever you want. Pro wrestling, whatever's on your mind. It is a free-for-all Friday. Tristan was like immediately in line. What's up, buddy? Hello, Mike. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, the thing, the thing is, because um, like you just announced on your um, what you just said, I don't, I don't see how Bryce would turn that down because those two were uh, Bryce Mitchell versus Mosar Evelo. Those two were originally booked last year in November, so I, I, I'm gonna have a hard time seeing Bryce turning that down because um, you already started training for him a little bit last year, so you're familiar what's what he's gonna bring. So, I, I, I my inkling is that that matchup should happen. Um, in regards to Armin Sarukian, I, I am so I mean. I would. I'm so surprised that. I mean, the card that fight might be off, but I'm surprised they they didn't try to contact Gregor Gillespie. I mean, Gregor, Greg. Again, we've talked about this at nauseum, but Gregor Gillespie hasn't fought in nearly two years, and he's still on the roster. And they offered Gregor Gillespie Armin Sarukian at the time, but he turned it down. You can't turn him down now because people who know who Armin Sarukian is, and he's moved up high in the rankings. If you beat Armin Sarukian, you're back in the rankings, which the UFC pulled you out of. So I, I don't understand why they wouldn't go down that well. If they can't get uh, Gregor Gillespie, then they should just pivot and try to get Tiago Mo- um, Tiago Moises in, uh, to fight Armin. Those two have never fought each other. Tiago Mo- Moises, uh, he's, he's taken short-notice fights before, so it wouldn't be an issue. He'd be like, yeah, I'll, I'll fight him. It doesn't matter to me. So I, I don't see uh, – why they can't just call Tiago Moises, but and I don't know. The UFC probably won't like that or have their reasons why they want to don't want to book that fight and probably take him off the card altogether. And in regards for Max Holloway versus Arnold Allen, um, you have said weeks prior to this, you you know you've pushed back on this fight because uh, the thing with uh, Max Holloway, he makes it complicated because if he beats um, Arnold Allen. That's another up-and-comer contender that's knocked off. And, you know, you've you've said plenty of times that, you know, I guess nobody wants to see Max versus Volk for a fourth time. I, You know, and and I get your point, you know, and it makes a lot of sense. It is what it is. But, I mean, I don't know what you do at this point if Max keeps having these finishes and beating the up-and-comers where – you know, pretty much he's like in territory of uh, Robert Whitaker, where he's the second best featherweight person on the uh, on the card. And Max's intention is to get another title shot and go for another run. Um, you know, again, people want to see him in fun fights in the lightweight division, which he is not against. That he does wants to go up there at lightweight at some point. But I mean, it's complicated. I mean, how do you feel about it now? you still feel the same way as you did before when this fight was made. That's all I got, Mike. Thanks for everything. So I'll start with the last question. I still feel the same. I mean, look, I love the fight. I love it. It is a very interesting matchup, and I understand why people love it for the merit of it. But we've just we've played this game a lot, and Max Holloway often wins these fights. And now we're in a weird position. I will say this. I have changed I've changed my tune slightly because Ilya Teporia is booked in a main event with Josh Emmett in June. That fight's going to happen before Volkanovski versus Yair happens. So even if Max wins, 
We still have Ilya Taporia fighting Josh Emmett. And if Ilya goes out there and beats Josh and does so convincingly, Ilya probably gets the next title shot. So at least we have like we have something in place where the division is still sort of moving. We're going to have to wait a couple of months to get there. We have to let this, whatever happens on Saturday, sort of permeate for the next couple of months. But at least we have something else in place before the Volkanovsky-Yair fight. So I feel a little bit better now, knowing that Taporia is fighting a guy who just fought for the interim belt. And if Taporia goes out there and just melts Josh Emmett and Max Holly wins on Saturday, at least we have a fresh matchup and a very interesting matchup for Volkanovsky. Now, Arnold Allen could go out and win this fight, and then none of this matters. And Arnold Allen's just going to get the next title shot, and Ilya may have to fight Max Holloway to get his opportunity. But if Arnold wins, none of this matters. But it is a very risky proposition to throw Arnold in this fight. And that's why I said, let's just do Arnold versus Ilya Taporia. Yeah, you kind of knock off one of these guys, but it doesn't kill him. But if he goes out and just loses to Max, then it's like another two or three fights. Like, I don't know. At least if you did Allen versus Taporia, one of these guys emerge. We have a guaranteed next guy in line. We don't necessarily have that here. But again, Taporia's book with Josh Emmett in a five-round fight kind of works out. So I feel a little bit better about it. As far as the Sarukian thing goes, so Danny Rubenstein tweeted and replied to a bunch of people. Uh, Aaron Bronsetter started the conversation by saying, just have Bryce Mitchell fight Armand Sarukian. That is a terrible idea. There's Bryce Mitchell, it, there's no point in him doing that. Different weight classes, yeah, Bryce wouldn't have to cut the weight, but he is going to get run over by Armand Sarukian. That fight is not close or competitive at all. If you thought Ilya Taporia was a bad matchup, this is worse. This is worse. Because what Bryce does well, Il- Armand Zarukian does better. And the other options that were kind of available that people were casually throwing out there, Dan Hooker, hurt. RDA, hurt. Plus, he's a welterweight. He's not going back to 55. Jalen Turner, not available for the date. Tiago Moises and Armin probably aren't going to fight each other because they share coaches. So that's kind of a conflict of interest for the their respective teams. Drew Dober was another name that was third up, but Drew Dober is obviously booked against Matt Frivola. So there's just not a lot of options. So unfortunately, I think Mr. Sarukian is going to have to wait and see how this all plays out. And it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. It's, it's, and it's unfortunate for Moicano too. But from conversations that we have had, it doesn't look like, the injury is severe where it's going to keep Moicano out for months and months and months should be about a two month recovery and be able to get back into it. So maybe we just push it back a few months. I don't know, but it's unfortunate for both guys. And that's unfortunate for this card Cause that card is, uh, let me just see what this card looks like right now because it is, seems like it was kind of a barren wasteland. Are we going to get a Kyle Baraglio main event here? Because I think that's kind of what's going to have to happen at this point. Kyle Baraglio, Mikhail Oleksiak is probably going to headline that card. Waldo Cortez, Acosta versus Marcos Rogerio de Lima. Cody Brundage, Hidalfo Vieira. Josh Quinlan, Angelosa, 
Emily Ducote, Pollyanna Viana, Natan Levy, Pete Rodriguez, Brian Kelleher, Journey Newson, Martin Boudet, Jake Collier, Cody Durden, Charles Johnson, Julian Arosa, Fernando Padilla, Haley Cowan, Jamie Lynn Horth, Stephanie Egger, Arena, Alex Siva. That's the card. Right now, Kyle Borrelio is about to get a main event spot. Unless they can pull something off. So my, we're talking internally in our Slack channel. One of my thoughts was, I wonder if the UFC is going to contact Anthony Smith and Johnny Walker and just throw a bag of money at them and just be like, look, I know you're fighting two weeks after that. You were supposed to be the main event. Now you're the co-main event. Any chance you could bump this baby up, you get the main event money. We'll throw you a couple shekels more. At least you got something to headline this card. Other than that, I don't know what the hell they're going to do. I don't know what they're going to do because this, this is a really bad card, and this is the card before the pay-per-view. This is the go-home show. This is the card you're going to use to get people excited for the pay-per-view, and there's not a lot to be excited about. By the way, uh, AK just hit me up on our Slack channel. Tanner Bozier on the scale. AK, of course, is on weigh-in duty. 203 pounds for his UFC light heavyweight debut, shredded to the nines. 203 for Tanner Bozer. How about that? Let's go to CV. What's up, CV? Shay, you're next. Yo, Mike, happy Friday. You too, man. Um, yeah, I was actually looking at the cards, so I got, um, I got an idea. Why don't they flex um, next week's co-main event, uh, Ricky Simone, Song and Dong, to that main event? Ooh, that's a great Maybe. idea. Yeah, yeah, I just thought of that since you, you're you saying uh, Jamal Hill or Anthony Smith. But uh, since it's free for all Friday, just two super uh, random non-MMA questions. Um, what's your uh, NBA Finals prediction? Um, I know you're probably going to say the Celtics. Out of the East, but I feel like Milwaukee is going to give them a run for their money. And second, um, you're trapped on a deserted island, and you only had an you only have an iPod that can hold a hundred songs on it. Um, and then there's only one playlist. Uh, which decade of music are you picking? The eighties or the nineties? Uh, we're going nineties for sure. NBA Finals, Celtics are going to the Finals. They're going to be Milwaukee. Look, there's just – it happens in fighting too. Sometimes a, just a certain team or a fighter just has your number, and the Celtics just seem to have Milwaukee's number. They just seem to have it. So I think the Celtics will get through Milwaukee. I think – I think we're going to end up getting a rematch. I think we're going to end up getting a rematch. Golden State's, Golden State's regular season record wasn't great, but they had a ton of injuries. Steph was out for a while, and they show up in the playoffs, man. They always show up in the playoffs, and I would love to see them run that shit back because I think the Celtics put the boots to them over a seven-game slate. I just hope the Celtics can – the one thing about the Celtics that drives you crazy – especially come playoff time is they just, they play to the level of their opponents and they drag these series on for just way longer than they need to be. Like they struggled with Miami last year and they should have just ran them over. And I know the Celtics are dealing with injuries themselves, 
but they seem pretty healthy right now. They're deep, even like their their bench players, like Peyton Pritchard in his la- in the last regular season game, had a freaking triple double. Like these guys are playing well right now. They're playing well at the right time. I just hope the big the the the, the big heaters there. I just hope they could they could show up and they're not like completely worn out like they were last year. They were all just dying at the end of the Tatum and, and Brown. Those guys are are ready to go and they can run this thing all the way through and not deal with any major injuries. They get a real good chance. So and I I love the Simone Song Yudong idea. Uh, I was gonna go to Seth, but he's gone. Uh, let's go to uh, Kisbjorn. Are you there? Kisbjorn. You're muted. There we go. There, there we go. go. Hello, Mike. Hello. Hello, Mike. Hello. Greetings from Norway. Um, I have a question about Pereira's recent move. Uh, because he has Glover Teixeira in his, in his uh, corner, and who, he has fought uh, several light heavyweights uh, like Jamal and Jerry and Jan and Anthony, a lot of these current ones. And I was wondering if you think this, whether or not this advantage could have added any influence on their decision to move up. Thank you for all your work, Mike. Thank you, sir. So... We talked about this. Shay, stay, stick around. I'm going to get to you next. So we talked about this a lot yesterday. We talked about it on BTL. And I kind of worked this out of my mind as I was talking through it yesterday. My hunch, and again, I have zero insight to this. None. No insight. My hunch is that Yuri Prohashka is not going to be back as, as quickly and as timely as Prohashka believes he's going to be back. That maybe what Dana White had to say about the injury sort of reigns true, that the shoulder injury is just awful. It's the worst he's ever seen. And that Yuri was just a little too cautiously, he was a little too optimistic about his recovery time. That, I mean, remember Prohashka was saying, oh, back by the summer. My hunch is, the follow-ups have not been great, and there is a chance that maybe he won't be back until the end of the year. And at that point, you have Jamal Hill completely on ice. You have this division completely on ice. And nobody wants to see Jamal Hill fight Magomed and Goliath. Doesn't seem like there's a big hankering for Jamal Hill versus uh, Jan Bohovich. So to me, this is the UFC just kind of being like, yo, I know you want to run this back with Izzy, but we need you, man. We may need you at 205. And if you move up to 205 and do it now, and Yuri's not ready to go, you're going to fight Jamal Hill for the title. Your first fight. There's a story there. I know you're coming off of a knockout loss. We can play the storyline. Jamal Hill has already responded to Pereira moving up to 205 with the video, all of that. We got the Glover connection with Jamal just putting the wood to Glover and then retiring him. I feel like Jamal and, and right now Alex Pereira is over like Rover. Trust me when I tell you, despite coming off of a loss, despite losing that fight, Alex is over and people are interested in what this guy is doing. 
And I have the numbers to prove it. I look at the statistics on MMA fighting. People want to see what Alex Pereira is doing. He is a, He's over right now. And right now, the more compelling... If you're not going to do Jamal Hill versus Yuri Prohashka, the fight that is going to sell the most is Jamal Hill versus Alex Pereira. 100%. That is going to sell better than any other option on the table right now. And with this merger coming, you got to put on as many fights and pay-per-views as possible that people are going to want to spend $80 on and that people are going to want to buy tickets to to go to the arena and watch the fight. Jamal Hill versus Alex Pereira is a fun-ass fight. That probably isn't going to the cards. Someone's getting finished in that one. And guess what? The winner of that fight gets to fight Yuri Prohashka next when he's ready to come back. And on top of that, if the UFC wants to go another direction, if they want to settle the rivalry, what better way to do it if Alex Pereira goes out and beats Jamal Hill? He hasn't had a title defense yet, so we, won't, we will not get an immediate rematch. Izzy can move up to 205, get his opportunity to be a two-division champion again, and he gets to do it against his old buddy, Alex Pereira. That was my hunch. That's what I'm, that's what I'm feeling is a possibility. Again, I have no insight here. But it just, it just seems so random that like right after the card, we just dismissed the trilogy fight altogether. Why? Why did we just outright dismiss it? And then as I'm working through this, oh, Maybe Yuri just ain't ready to come back. Maybe Yuri just ain't ready to come back as quickly as he thought. And we want to get Jamal Hill back in there. But no one wants to see an Ankalaya fight. Nobody wants to see a Jan fight. And if you want to get Izzy a fight, you could do the DDP fight. Izzy's got to kill DDP, <laughs> in my opinion. I could be wrong. I'd be happy to say I'm wrong, but... Stylistically, Izzy Rosanna should just absolutely run over Drakus Duplessis. And what other options is there? Do you do the Jan Bohovich fight at 185? I still don't think he can make 185, but who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. And if Izzy wins, then he goes up to 205. I don't know. But I just feel like I feel like you need a foil for Jamal Hill in some way. And I don't think Hank Alive's it. Yuri's the number one choice, but if Yuri can't go. Pereira is a good option B. Maybe like September, October, late summer, early fall. And then if Pereira wins, you could do the Izzy fight at the end of the year. It's magical. It's magical. But we'll see what happens. That's kind of my hunch because like why rush him up there so quickly when you have this massive fight right there for you? The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity— 
but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Shay, hello. Hello. What's up, ma'am? Hello. Is Rob Whitaker the Max Holloway of the middleweight division, or is it the other way around? Mm. I would say, I don't know. They're kind of different. Because Holloway got th- I mean, Holloway got three fights with Volkanovsky. Whitaker did not get three fights with Israel Adesanya. So I would say Max is kind of like in his own island. Pun intended, I guess, with the Hawaii theme. Um, but it's close. Like, they're – Max – because Max, like, just went right – he got one fight and then fought, he fought Yair and then went right back to Volk. Whitaker could probably win, like, three more fights, and I still don't think he's going to get another title shot as long as this is the champion. So, yeah, I think they're, just, they're kind of in – there's similarities to it. But they're in different boats right now. They're in different places. Let's go to Victor. There's a lot of people waiting. I'll try to get to everybody. Victor, hello. Hello. What's up, man? What's up? Um, I was just wondering because I just saw that, like the for UFC 290 that the. Brandon Moreno versus Alexander Patoya fight just got confirmed, mm-hmm. and that's on International Fight Week. And also, I heard that like maybe like Yair versus Volkanovski will also happen. But like, those are two like I mean compelling title fights for me as a UFC fan. But those are not like you know like a International Fight Week like main event type fights. So I don't know like what's happening there. Will there be like another big fight set up, or will there be like three title fights because like. None of those two, the Brandon Moreno fight or the Volkanovski fight, those are not like main event for International Fight Week like fights for me. So I'm just interested if there's anything going on because I heard that also like Leon versus Colby's not happening. So there's really not like a lot of fights that you can put there. Um, I mean, look, Volk's a star right now, man. Like he is, he is a star. His stock is high, is as high as it's ever been even though he lost to Islam Makachev. And me personally, if there's, look, there's like fun fantasy fights that we would all love to see. But in terms of like high level martial arts competition, hashtag styles make fights. I don't think anything is getting me more excited for this year than Volkanovsky versus Jair Rodriguez. 
Because what I saw from Yair Rodriguez against Josh Emmett, I think Yair has a lot that can test Volkanovsky and make him uncomfortable in a lot of different ways. Yair is reaching the potential we all seem to have had for him. And he's going to take a piece of Volkanovsky, win or lose. He took a big piece of Max Holloway, even though he lost that fight. I love that fight so much. I can't wait for it. It's a, I think it's a fine main event. I'm told that's not officially the main event yet. But look, you get that fight and you get Moreno-Pantosha. Those are two high-level fights. We have Bo Nickel on the card. There's some extra sort of star power and intrigue. Davison Figueredo is staying at 125, fighting Manel Cop. I mean, they're going to load this thing up. There's no doubt about it. The only other thing I thought of potentially is like, if Izzy just wants to stay busy, doesn't seem like DDP is going to be ready for that international fight week card. I threw this idea out on BTL. Like, you could just do Izzy and Sean Strickland just for the star power, I guess, and having Izzy on top of the card, but I just don't know what else is there. That's it's, – it's just a weird fight because Strickland is one and two over his last three. He got knocked out by Alex Pereira badly in a fight that was not competitive. And then his win is against Nasruddin Imabov, who clearly wasn't ready for the upper echelon of 185. It'd just be something to – put some heat on it because you know those two are going to get after it at the press conference but it's just what it just it would just be a look Izzy we need we need star power on this card you and Sean are just going to talk a bunch of noise to each other for an entire week at media day in the press conference and by the time we get to Saturday people are going to be interested in this fight the casual audience will see all the clips of you guys talking shit about each other you could do that but I just don't know what else is there John Jones ain't fighting on that card Leon spoke to our own Damon Martin, said he's probably not fighting till October, September, October now. So Col- that fight's gone. Unless you do an interim, unless you want to do Colby versus Bilal for like an interim title or something, just to add star power. Like, I, don't, I honestly don't know what else they're going to do. As it stands right now, Volkanovski Yair is a pretty damn good main event to me. Is it a million pay per view buys? Probably not. But is that going to sell out T-Mobile? Sure. It's International Fight Week. It's an experience. It's not just that card. You're going for the whole week to experience everything that's happening. But I expect them to load this card up with other compelling fights. But we're getting there, aren't we? It's going to be May. We're just a little over two months away. But I think we'll be all right. I think we'll be excited for this card. Mikey, hello. What's going on? Yeah, I'm, like International Fight Week for the last 10 years has basically been, or what the UFC has tried to build it up as, as like the WrestleMania of UFC. So I understand the, you know, the trepidation about like, oh, it needs a big headliner. And I agree, it does. But at the end of the day, too, the as you just mentioned, the event is the draw. You know, um, and it's funny how MMA fans always like to waffle between merit and, you know, box office, right? Like they complain about, well, the UFC is only booking for box office purposes when they don't like the person like Connor. 
But then when there's an opportunity, I mean, God, I think I've complained about this all the time. It's so ironic because like here you have, you finally have a chance for the UFC to book a, a, an international fight week card based entirely off of quote unquote merit. And they're like, oh, I'm not sure I'm going to watch that. First of all, you're going to fucking watch it. Stop pretending you're not going to. And two, half of the people who complain aren't even going to Vegas. Because trust me, as somebody that lives here and has gone to International Fight Week, I've people have filled that arena for quote unquote lesser main events. You know what I mean? Like, I like I get it. We want the blockbuster, but you know sometimes you got to grease the wheel, and sometimes you have to keep things moving. Even like you said with Sean Strickland and Israel Adesanya, why not? I mean, how many times have I said that the content that the top ten doesn't necessarily have to be a strict? Oh, only the number one guy gets a title shot. I mean, when you have a champion like Izzy, who's cleaned out the majority of the division and only lost to the one guy who just left, I mean, what else are you going to do? Are you going to shelve him for a year just to wait for the right contender to show up? You know, you can put, I mean, if Driscus is not going to fight, well, sure, put Sean. Do I necessarily like it? No, but at the same time, I also understand what the landscape is, you know? (laughs) So, I don't know, man. Sometimes I... MMA fans are funny, man. But uh, oh, also, how far are your Bruins and Celtics going? Because I don't think they're going to make it to the final. But that's just me. So, all right, that'll be all. Be kind, brother. Uh, Bruins are going to the final. Celtics are going to the NBA finals. They're going to the NBA finals. Bruins, Bruins. I feel like they they should win the whole goddamn thing. They should win the whole thing. This is the best. This is the best hockey team of all time. This Bruins team is the greatest hockey team ever assembled. This is the greatest season ever. Potentially. They have to win it all. Anything less than a cup is a disappointing season. But they have the most wins all time. They've just dumped, trucked everybody. Like, it has been a joy to watch Bruins games this year. Because you just know they're going to win. It's a beautiful thing. Even if they're down like four to nothing, they find a way to win. And they look fresh. They don't look tired. They look like they're getting better. So if I'm choosing between the two, I think the Bruins are going to win it all. And the Celtics could win it all, but I don't think they will. I think they'll, pro- they'll find a way to stumble in the finals, if I'm being honest with myself. But I want to see the Bruins win it. This team deserves to win the whole thing. And I think they will. And by the way, just to mention International Fight Week, we don't know what is going on with Conor McGregor right now. And if there's one thing we do know is that if the UFC wants to get something done, they will get it done. If they want Conor versus Michael Chandler International Fight Week and both guys are healthy, they'll do it. And you think Alexander Volkanovsky and Yair Rodriguez are going to complain being the co-main event, even though it's for a title, to Conor McGregor, Michael Chandler? Uh, they ain't going to complain at all because they're going to get a piece of that and it's going to be massive. Don't know. Don't think that'll happen, but another option if you're looking for something, because again, they UFC has not announced that. I don't think they've officially announced that fight yet. I know it's done. I know it's agreed upon all that. It's dot the I's cross the T's at this point, but Maybe they do Connor and Chandler on that card. I don't think they need to do it. Because I think Volk and Yaya. Look, last year was Izzy versus Jared Cannonier. 
Jared Cannonier was in the main event of International Fight Week last year. That fight was not all that compelling on paper. It was less compelling when the action actually took place. It was kind of the fight we knew would happen, but we hoped wouldn't. But Volk Yair is not going to be that. I'll tell you that right now. Brian, hello. Hey, Mike. How are you? Good. Uh, I wanted to touch on uh, the International Fight Week again. Um, I think this is like a perfect International Fight Week. You just said compared to last year with uh, Air. I mean, you have great stories. You have Yair Rodriguez coming back from years, um, pretty much fighting at his best ability. I mean, 0-2 Moreno going in against Pantoja. I think the one thing that card needs is like a Costa Shemaev or like a Poirier Gaethje, something to just like – uh, 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 to get the casuals in, but just a nice three-round fight that doesn't have to overtake Volkanovski's star power because I completely think he deserves this opportunity. Um, kind of curious about your thoughts on that. And then also just your thoughts on the next couple fight nights coming up, uh, like Alan Hermanson, Emmett Tapori. Have you heard of any like um, rumblings on where they're going to happen or if they're going to happen at the Apex? Just curious about if you had any inside knowledge about that. And then uh, finally also... Uh, just to touch on the NBA Finals, um, I will be glad to see your uh, Celtics when my Cavs squeak in there uh, to the NBA Finals when they beat the Bucks in seven after getting through the Knicks in five. So that'll be a fun series, and I will definitely talk to you about that again. Have a good weekend, Mike. Thanks, man. Uh, as far as June goes, I haven't heard anything about location. We don't even know what the main event is for June 24th yet. June 17th is that Emmett Taporia card. Maybe that ends up somewhere. They should probably go to, like, Sacramento for that car. That would be a pretty cool place to do that and have Josh Emmett headline. But that's tough because Sacramento's in the playoffs. So, I don't know. And that that's kind of what the UFC is dealing with right now in terms of booking arenas because a lot of the hot spots they want to go to are places where that location has teams that are in the postseason. That's why Calgary is not the site of UFC 289 – that's why Vancouver got it, because Calgary is on a playoff run. So they're still doing the damn thing. Hermanson Allen, I'd be stunned if it's not an Apex card, but again, could be wrong. I just don't know how... That that fight is just not going to sell tickets. I like both guys. Two very nice individuals, but they ain't selling 15,000 tickets. That's just not the fight to do it. Emmett Taporia, maybe... But it would have to be like a location where – that's why I think somewhere in California, close to Sacramento would be good for that. So, yeah, I, I, as far as locale goes, I, I have no idea at this point. But, look, they're not going to be at the Apex all the time, but they're going to be there – they're certainly going to be there a few times. Now, if they want to go back to the Virgin Hotels and just do a card in front of like 1,500, 2,000 people, I love that idea. Just get that ambiance and the out-of-the-apex feel to it. Love that idea. And the landscapers are here. Of course, I'm doing a show, and they're here. I should have known it was coming. Abswalia. Four Corner Sports is next, and we'll go to Jalen. What's up, Abswalia? Abswalia. All right. Let's go to Four Corner Sports. Four Corner Sports, hello. Hey, Mike. So 
I heard on BTO yesterday, I, and I didn't know about this. So the Jorginho versus um, Jailson Almeida is actually an ABC card. I think that's a very weird main event to have on ABC. Just because, I mean, those are two individuals that are, are not appealing, you know, for somebody to sit, you know, in the middle of the day and watch, uh, uh, what's it called, two people fight inside the octagon. I mean, I get it if they're trying to build up Jelson Almeida. I just think that Charlotte's just a, a weird location to have, uh, you know, Jelson and, and Jorginho, you know, being held there. Rather, that would have been at, at like the Virgin Hotels, like you said. And I think the Virgin Hotels, I think, should be used more just because I love that uh, that scenery when uh, Marab and, and Piotr Jan were fighting. I, I mean, it felt very, like, ECW-ish in a way. Um, I know you guys just talk about, uh, what's it called, International Fight Week. My whole thing is, they're already having Volkanovski versus Yair. Not confirmed for a main event yet. You have Moreno versus Pantoja there. That's official. At this point, why don't you just throw in Valentina and, you know, Alexa Grasso? I mean, since they're not going to go to Mexico this year, from what it seems like, you're going to have all, why don't you have all three Mexican champions on that same card, you know, build it up you know, prom- promote the shit out of it. Um, you, I'm, The Mexican community does travel, so I'm pretty sure you can jam out that whole arena out. And especially on International Fight Week, you, you're going to let that thing marinate. I think it will, it will sell pretty well. And, you know, you're going to have a lot of good numbers coming in on uh, pay-per-view. And, I, I mean, I heard the rumors of Poirier versus Gaethje. I don't know how true those are. I mean, if that's the case, I mean, like you said, they're going to really juice up International Fight Week. And that's going to be better for, you know, us fans. I mean, and like what, what Mikey has said, I mean, people are going to watch it. I mean, this is perfect to have Volkanovski, you know, being in the main event because it just seems like the USC has been slowly trying to build him up as his mega superstar. They had him fight, you know, Max for the third time in the co-main event slot. You put him against, uh, in the main event slot against Zombie. You put him in the main event spot against uh, Islam. And, you know, he just, like... He ended up growing as a big baby face. And I just think that, like you have said, Yair is probably going to take uh, a piece of Okanasi with him. Who wins? I don't know. I mean, if if Yair can land like a spinning uh, back fist, I mean, I could, I could see Okanasi getting stunned and, you know, the, the craziness from uh, Yair could come out. But uh, And lastly, I wanted to talk about nobody is talking about um, Chris Gutierrez. Uh, versus Pedro Munoz. How do you see that fight turning around? I'm actually, you know, very intrigued on that fight. And uh, thanks, Mike. So, yeah, so the Poirier Gaethje thing is interesting. Like, that'd be a great fight, obviously, to have on this card. I don't think we're going to get any sort of idea if that fight happens on that card until after 288. I think Poirier is going to wait and see how that. Oliveira Dariush fight goes because again I've said it a million times and I'll say it again here if Charles Oliveira beats Benil Dariush Dustin Poirier is probably getting the title shot I'd be stunned if that didn't happen unless they just pivot right to Volk if Volk beats Yair but I feel like if they're if and I want to see Makachev defend against a freaking lightweight and even if it's Poirier that's fine but if Dariush wins Dariush gets the shot then we could do Poirier versus Gaethje, two at International Fight Week. Freaking awesome. 
Uh, and I, again, I love Volk Yair. I think that would be a fine main event. I wouldn't do Valentina versus Alexa because you don't need it. You don't need it on this card. You got two title fights. They're going to stack the deck with other compelling matchups. There's just no need to throw that fight on there. Let it marinate. Otherwise, we're going to be in the same position we're in for June because we got we needed a main event for 289. We had nothing. So we're just trotting out Nunes and Pena again. Like, that's what they get. So we need to keep, and like, in Shevchenko and Grasso, that rematch is pretty damn compelling. So you got to kind of hold on to that one. There is a second pay-per-view coming up in July. You could throw it there. You could do it August, September, whatever. So we don't need to do that. Uh, the Gutierrez-Munoz fight. This, to me, it's a, great, it's a good fight. This, to me, has Rob Font, Adrian Yanez vibes to it in some respects. I feel like Pedro at Dog Bunny is is it just has tremendous value here. And I like Chris a lot. Chris is a good fighter. But what Chris Chris's biggest weapon is his leg kicks. And guess who throws really good leg kicks himself? Pedro Munoz. And if you throw good leg kicks, chances are you know how to defend leg kicks, at least to some degree. I just feel like Pedro's been in there with the who's who. Chris is coming off a huge win against Frankie Edgar, who as soon as that fight was booked, we were all like, oh, no, he's going to kill Frankie Edgar. And he did. And it probably ended worse than we, than, than we could have hoped for. But I think Pedro Munoz at plus 170 from a betting perspective, I think there's tremendous value. This, this, to, me, this to me, in some respects, not exactly the same, because I think Chris has fought better competition throughout – more so than Adrian Yanez did. So Chris has a little bit of experience, but I think Pedro's been in there with freaking everybody. And let's not forget, Pedro's last fight fought Sean O'Malley, who's about to fight for the belt, and Pedro won that first round in everybody's eyes. So I think Pedro's going to win. I'm picking Pedro Munoz to win that fight. I don't know if he, I don't think he stops Chris. I think he probably wins a, a decision, but yeah, I do, I think there's really tremendous value on Pedro Munoz at plus 170. I think people are just sleeping on him because he got poked in the eye. But he's winning the fight against Sean. It's so weird. Like people just people just sleeping on Pedro. They always do. Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, let's try to get Wally in here. JD, Bob, Hardcore Casual, and Zeke. That's the order. Abzwali, hello. Uh, hi. Um, so I've got two questions to ask. Um, we know regarding the uh, Renato Moicano event that was meant to happen. We know that's been cancelled. Is there a possibility they will possibly move the Johnny Walker Anthony Smith um up to that event due to how you know there's not really anyone for Armand to fight because they're not going to put Dan Hooker unless he's willing to, and they're not going to put Gamrot or Fiziev unless they're available. So it probably makes sense in my opinion that did you know John Johnny Walker versus Anthony Smith for that event just so there's something. And um this is to do with the NBA. Uh, who are your two dark horse teams from the Western East Conference final like that you can see making the finals possibly. Um, I think Sacramento can make it to the finals. I know they're, I think they're like, they, they end up being like the three seed, but they just kind of flew under the radar all year. So I think they're pretty solid. Maybe the Knicks in the East, but they're not going to beat the Celtics or the Bucks. There's no chance. It's just not going to happen. There's, I don't think there's a dark horse coming from the East. It's either Milwaukee or Boston, and it's probably going to be Boston. West, you could get a bunch. Golden State, I think it was the sixth seed or maybe the seven. So by just where they're ranked, where their status is, Golden State's kind of an under-the-radar pick, but not really because they just won the whole freaking thing last year. But I think Sacramento could – they've been surprising people all year, so – there's more, definitely more dark horses in the West. As far as maybe they'll do that, um, we had a caller earlier who suggested just move Ricky Simone, Song Yidong back a week and make that the main event. I like that idea too. I like that idea as well. It'd be a tough spot for Anthony and Johnny. You're the main event of this card that's going to be on ABC. Nah, now you're the co-main event. Hey, now we're going to move you from a crowd into the lovely apex Two weeks earlier. So I could I could see a world where they're just like, hell no. Go find somebody else. But I like the idea of having Ricky Simone Song Yidong headline the, that card. Push it back a week. I'm cool with that. I like that idea a lot. That's that but it's probably the correct answer. It's probably the correct answer. I love that idea. Because Surkin's not gonna fight on the card. No one no one's gonna fight him. No one's taking that fight on two weeks' notice. Certainly as a Dan Hooker. He's hurt. Nobody else is available. Let's go to JD. JD, hello. You're muted, JD. JD! All right, we move on. Let's go to the hardcore casual. Uh, the hardcore casual. Hello, hardcore casual. Hey, Mike, can you hear me? Yep. Hey, man. So I, I called twice this week. Uh, I won't bring up the Siamese boxing thing again. But in the 
in the spirit of free for all Friday, I'll try to keep this quick. And I know because we had a few people waiting. Uh, who do you think the new? I, I'm a big fan of the goofy stuff that the UFC does, like the BMF belt. Uh, who do you think could be the new contenders for the BMF? And if they had a nicest MF or belt, an NMF belt, who do you think would fight for it? I'm I'm going with uh, Wonder Boy or maybe like a Chris Barnett. Uh, and then you think you could come up with like a fun sort of weird belt that the UFC could put up? Uh, I know one me and a couple buddies were talking about the other day was like a retirement belt. If it's somebody's retirement fight, the belt's on the line. If you win, you get your retirement belt. If you lose, they get your belt. Uh, just trying to think of some more like fun stuff to kind of keep the <clears throat> the more casual than me audience entertained. So uh, just your thoughts on that. I don't know. Trying to keep it fun, keep it light. Everybody be nice. Thanks, Mike. So Wonderboy is definitely in the NMF conversation. Max Holloway is another one. Um, Joe Selecki would be a great one. Uh, Luke Trainer would be a great one. I mean, there's there's lots of options for the NMF, but Wonderboy should Wonderboy is already the champion in, in my eyes. So you have to beat that man. BMF, I think. Look, do Poirier Gaethje for the freaking BMF title. Mazal's retired, and we're gonna keep that belt going. That's the fight. As far as creating another title, look, we, we've created the one of the most prestigious non-titles in MMA. We have actually made the middleweight division more interesting with the inauguration, if you will, of the middleweightiest middleweight title. We have... I that's that's the thing we haven't like figured out what ex it, it exactly is but like we know what the middleweight division is there's there's certain guys who are just super fun and then the rest of them are just they're middleweights they fight like middleweights they strike like middleweights they grapple like middleweights they usually go to decisions more often than not they're middleweighty middleweight fights and we're trying to make that more interesting the middleweighty middleweight title is the fantasy football of MMA. How do you make the Cleveland Browns versus the Jacksonville Jaguars more compelling? Well, you have players on each team, essentially. It makes you want to watch the game. Now we have a middleweighty middleweight title. Brendan Allen is the guy. A lot of, some people argue that he shouldn't be the champion, but I argue that the belt means so much to him that he has upped his game to a whole new level. Uh, so figuring out what the middleweightiest middle middleweight title actually is and who qualifies for it over the next couple of months is going to be a, a fun little experiment to say the least, but that's, I, I think I've already created a fun title. JD. Hello. Do we have you JD? Please. For the love of God. Hello, buddy. Oh, good morning. You can hear me now. Yes. Oh, thank God. My phone's been silly. All right. Your phone is still silly.
Yeah, Lasha JD, you're you're in the biggest tunnel of all time, I think. Zeke, hello. My man, Mike, how are we? Good, man. How are you? Doing all right. Um, yeah, I'm going to be short and sweet on this Friday. Two questions for you. One, are the Tampa Bay Rays ever going to lose a baseball game as a Yankee and Red Sox fan? Can we fix this? Can one of us beat them? Secondly, what do you think is the low-key banger on this UFC fight night this weekend? My man, Mike, have yourself a heck of a weekend. Depends how you define low-key banger. Hmm. Rita Brazil, Denise Gomez is going to be fun. I am intrigued about Jillian Robertson at 115. But the correct answer to this is if we're going by fight that's not on main card, it's easily Brand Royval versus Mateus Nicolau. How this fight is buried on the prelims is just, it just makes no sense. It literally makes no sense. This is probably a number one contender fight. These are two top five guys. And they're not even, it's not that they're on the prelims. They're not even the featured prelim. They're below the featured prelim. Clay Guida and Rafa Garcia, God bless them. If that fight's on the main card, but Bren Royval and Mateus Nicolau is not, like, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? That, that Royval Nicolau should be the friggin' co-main event. Should be the co-main event of this card. It's a top five flyweight fight that is going to be insane. And it's not even on the main card. It should be the co-main event. It's the fight that has the most stakes by far outside of the main event. How is this on the prelims? How is this on the prelims? I don't understand. So I guess that's the answer. Gutierrez and Munoz is another fine choice. That's a main card fight, but to the previous caller's credit, no one's talking about it. Like, no one's talking about that fight. But it's Roy Val Nicolau for sure. J-Stat. You too. Um, what do you think is next for Max if he wins or if he loses? And uh, that'd be all. Thank you. If he wins, golly, I don't know. I don't know. It's not the title unless he just, I guess he just hopes Yair Rodriguez beats Volk. And then beats him again because they're definitely going to run that back if that happens. Or maybe like if they do Volk, if Volk beats Yair and they go right back to Makachev, Volkanovsky, throw Holloway, Taporia for an interim title or something. I don't know. If Taporia beats Emmett. And then this is my issue with the fight. Like what does, what does Max gain from this? He gets money. But I'm sure he gets a. I'm sure at this point in his career, he gets a flat fee to compete. I'm sure he's not on the win show status as far as fight pay goes. I'm sure he's getting a pretty solid flat rate to compete. So, like, what does he gain from this? 
other than a hope and a prayer that Yair Rodriguez can beat the best fighter in the world in a lot of people's eyes, not once, but twice. I don't know. Because he ain't fighting Volk if he wins. I don't know. If he loses, I mean, either fights the Evloyevs of the world and the Nate Landwehrs of the world, guys like that, he just becomes a high-level gatekeeper. Or he goes to 55 and has fun fights at 55. I don't know. This, that's my issue with this fight. We know where Arnold Allen goes if he wins. But if Max wins, like, where does he go? He just needs to be the, become the biggest Jair Rodriguez fan on the planet. It's tough to ask. That's that that that's a tough ask. Tough ask. Scott. Hey, hello. good morning, Mark. Um, I, if you haven't already made your pick, can you uh, tell me who you've got for OAM and Burgos? And um, are you going to go out and walk with the leaders on Sunday at Harbor Town? Thanks. As of now, I will not be going to Harbor Town this weekend. Unless like someone hits me up and says, Oh, Hey, I got a four day pass and can't go Sunday. You want tickets? Then I would probably go see if my kid wants to walk around. But I don't know if he would do that for an entire day. Wednesday was pretty freaking cool though. It was fun. We had a lot of fun. Grayson got like a, he got like a five second look on local news which was kind of cool. I was in there as well, just standing in the background while all the kids were getting autographs. But I would love to, but I don't think it's going to happen this time. I don't think it's going to happen this time around. Would love for that to happen, but that place is friggin' awesome. What a beautiful place, Harbor Town. Claire's Value. Hey, long time this week. Um, I have a simple yes, question. Do you think we see the day that uh, Endeavor purchases a, a share of matchroom boxing because I think that's coming soon. Interesting. I, I mean, I guess I won't, I mean, I'm not ruling anything out at this point, but like it ain't, if they do that, it ain't going to happen for a while. I mean, they're in, look, they can value companies however they see fit, but they have just so much debt right now. With this, with all this, I just don't know, like, if they're going to be able to purchase a, a piece of anything at this point. You know what I mean? Like, they just, I know it's a merger, but they they own 51% of WWE. That costs them a big chunk of cash in order to do that and put Vince McMahon in the position that he's in right now. So maybe someday, but we're probably years away from that happening at this point. This deal isn't even freaking closed yet. It's like agreed in principle, but it ain't it hasn't passed everything. It's not signed, sealed, and delivered. So I would say maybe in the future, but not anytime soon. We'll take two more and then I gotta go. Patrick, hello. Hey Mike, uh sorry if you went over this earlier or if it's been announced on Twitter or anything, but uh I'm going to UFC 288, and I was really looking forward to the Bryce Mitchell fight, and I'm just curious if there's any word on a new opponent. I heard maybe Mosar Vloyev, but any thoughts? Thank you. Yeah, no, nothing official yet. Um, 
Danny Rubenstein tweeted out yesterday, he manages Mavzar Avloyev, that he has thrown his name in the hat. We'll see. We'll see. I, I, someone, someone said earlier, like, Bryce should absolutely take that fight. Why? Why does he, I mean, why does he absolutely take that fight? The dude needs to win. Like, he has to win. He's in a must-win position right now. If he ever wants to fight for the title, he's got to win his next fight. JSP was a, was a tough fight, but a fight Mitchell probably has. I would probably pick Bryce Mitchell to beat JSP. Probably would pick him. Not with full confidence, but I'd probably pick him. I would have full confidence Mavzar of Loyev beats Bryce Mitchell. Full confidence. And in a must-win spot, you're preparing for one guy, and now you're getting this dude who a lot of people feel is going to be a champion in this division on two weeks' notice, a little over two weeks' notice. It, I would not blame Bryce Mitchell one bit if he was like, no, I'm not fighting him. Dude needs to win. And I'll give him a ton of credit if he says yes to it. But... Yeah, nothing official. Vloyev would be a fun one. But I would I would favor Vloyev to win that fight. Uh, yes, hello, hey, sir, up, with the A's hat. Calling, yeah. Call, calling from the Bay Area. Fucking, um, I, I got two things real quick. Um, all I'm going to say is Warriors. Everybody say Warriors. Oh, I'll see you guys in the rematch for sure, 100%. And my second question is, um, say we wake up tomorrow and the Drakeus versus Adesanya fight is booked and they go to Africa with it. How how racist do you think that shit's going to get? Cause, or how ugly, I guess, is the better word. Just those two things. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it ain't going to be a fun build. It's not going to be a fun build. Uh, I'd be stunned if... Uh, I'd be stunned if they end up in Africa this year. Probably not going to happen. Um, if that if they do go to Africa, I think it's you have to book that fight. It's an absolute no brainer. Uh, but now with Pereira moving up, I can see if they make it now. The build to it's going to suck. It's going to suck so hard. It's going to be awful. It's not going to be fun. But the fight will be fun because I honestly. Drinkus is Drink Drinkus is just a monster. I like I don't understand how he continuously win fight wins fights the way he fights. I mean, you could do it against you can get away with it against the Brad Tavares and the Darren Tills and the one foot out the door Derek Brunsons of the world, but he's not gonna be able to get away with that against Israel Adesanya. So to Jed's credit, he will make Adesanya fun. Like, Adesanya ain't going to point fight Drake's Duplessis. Drake is going to come charging forward with his chin up in the sky. And Izzy's probably going to knock him dead with inside of two rounds. Now, I could be I could be reading this fight wrong, but I don't think I am. So if you want to give... You want to pull a little heat on something and give Izzy sort of a, a high potential to get a highlight reel, it's probably going to get a high potential highlight, highlight reel in this fight. But the build to it's going to be awful. Not looking forward to it. And I, I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud. 
I am more looking forward to a press conference with Aljamain Sterling and Henry Cejudo than I am with Israel Adesanya and Drikas Duplessis. I can't believe I just said that. I kind of threw up on my mouth a little bit. But Izzy's probably a minus 600 favorite in that fight. Izzy's going to win that fight. They fight 100 times. Izzy's winning 86 of them. Like, at least. Just a bad matchup for Drickus. In, in a lot of ways. That's why, like, I'm not saying, like, I we don't, I could never see a world where Drickus beats, couldn't, like, there's never a world where Drickus beats Izzy. It just isn't now. Like, I want to see Drickus beat, I want to see Drickus fight Marvin Vittori. Fight Marvin Vittori. You beat Marvin Vittori, you go fight Izzy. He beats Marvin Vittori, I give him a much better chance. Go beat Robert Whitaker. I give you a I give you if you beat he beats Robert Whitaker, I'm I change I change my tune a bit. But if you chuck him in there with Izzy right now, coming off of wins over Darren Till, not in the UFC, Derek Brunson, barely in the UFC with his mindset. That's just not enough to get you a title shot in my eyes. Now he treated them both accordingly, and I respect that. But Darren Till had his moments against Drickus Duplessis. But yeah, to, to answer your question, the build is going to be just awful. But all right, we're done. Thank you very much. Later on, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern, we will have a UFC Kansas City preview show. I believe there will be myself, at least one or two MMA fighting compatriots. But popular demand. He won't be on for the entire show. But as of right this second, and I'm not going to overpromise this, I'm going to say it's targeted by fellow New Englander, UFC featherweight contender, the man who has fought both main eventers, Calvin Cater, is going to join us to break down the main event. That is the plan as of right now. Uh, I would say we're all but signed, sealed, and delivered for that. He's Like I say, he's just going to come on for the main event. He's a very busy man. So he's going to come on, talk about the main event, give his picks, give his insight, maybe talk a little bit, a little bit about Robbie Font's big win this past Saturday, uh, and then he's going to go enjoy the rest of the day. But 1 p.m. Eastern, join us for the UFC Kansas City preview show. It will be a lot of fun. Thank you all very much. Love doing this show for all of you. You guys are the best. For all listening on the podcast network, appreciate that as well. Busy weekend ahead. And as far as this program goes, we'll be back on Tuesday, 10 a.m. Eastern, recapping UFC KC and much more. So thank you very much. Have a great rest of your day. And as always, have a heck of a morning, everybody. Vox Media Podcast Network. 
Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. <laughs> 